lecture four part one of christian patience by william bernard ullathorne this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture four on christian fortitude part one thou o god art my strength psalm forty two verse two when king solomon had completed the temple of god in jerusalem he erected two majestic columns of bronze in the great porch by which the people entered to perform their worship these columns were crowned with beautiful capitals of the same enduring metal in which rows of pomegranates were placed one above another and the whole was enclosed with a network of chains which again was crowned with lilies to the column on the right he gave the name of Joachim, and to the column on the left the name of boaz three kings chapter seven in the hebrew language Joachim signifies rectitude and boaz fortitude these noble monuments stood before the temple to express to all who entered that the law of god is rectitude and that the will of god which his law reveals is accomplished by fortitude the first column taught the people of god that all things proceed from the wisdom of god and are guided to their ends by his justice the second taught that all things are upheld and strengthened by the fortitude of the divine will they also taught that to obey the light of justice we need from god the gift of fortitude that we may have a strenuous will to obey his divine behests the pomegranate is the symbol of fruitfulness and the clusters of them that crown these columns may be taken to express the fruits that grow from the union of fortitude with justice the network of chains is the bracing patience that protects and preserves them and the lilies express the purity with which the soul is graced in virtue of these fundamental gifts st paul is supposed to refer to these prophetic columns where he calls the church the pillar and firm foundation of truth one timothy chapter three verse fifteen speaking in figure every christian has need of the support of these two columns that he may be a holy temple of god of Joachim, the light of truth and justice in his mind of boaz the firmness of fortitude in his will that in the face of all trials he may be able to accomplish the will of god finally it is through the two virtues of justice and fortitude that he enters the glorious temple of god the house not made with hands eternal in heaven two corinthians chapter five verse one the greatest moral strength of which the soul is capable comes of the christian grace and gift of fortitude of which patience is a potential part that is to say it agrees with patience in some respects and differs from it in others patience is mostly concerned in overcoming the restlessness of nature in enduring adversities in resisting temptations and in subduing or keeping away impatience anger or sadness fortitude is a braver and a stronger virtue is more deeply woven into the constitution of the soul and is concerned with difficult action 
as well as with difficult endurance fortitude is required to face great dangers bravely to undertake great works beset with difficulties or to undergo martyrdom or the equivalent of martyrdom it must however be remembered that difficult action that is the action that surmounts great difficulties includes endurance as well on account of the obstacles opposed by the greatness or stubbornness of the work to be done or of the opposition which other persons raise up against it or of the misgivings or reluctances that arise within ourselves and which have to be overcome with courage patience then is included in fortitude but fortitude is a virtue more deeply seated in the soul is more calm in its operations and is less the subject of consciousness than patience we are less conscious of fortitude because it is a force that works with greater ease we are more conscious of patience because it is exercised with greater effort and is felt by the greater resistance which it encounters from irritability impatience or sadness the whole man moves together in fortitude but in patience only a portion of the faculties are brought into exercise at one time whoever has great fortitude ought also to have great patience but this is not always the case for a person who can call up great fortitude on great occasions will often be found irritable and impatient nay even angry on smaller occasions this is owing to the want of a good habit of self-discipline over the imagination and the temper in the daily and hourly conduct of life but this defect belongs more to natural than to christian fortitude which last is a gift of the holy ghost and where perfection of life is diligently cultivated it includes the gift of patience but as fortitude chiefly concerns the greater and patience the lesser labors and trials of life both branches of the virtue require to be well and carefully cultivated and whoever is well exercised in patience will not be wanting in fortitude the word fortitude is derived from the latin word fortis which means a morally strong and brave man whilst the word fortitudo signifies the state or habit of moral strength and bravery the greek word andrea bears the same signification of masculine bravery the pagans looked upon it as their chief most honourable and almost only virtue considering the other virtues as belonging more to manners than to manhood it is still honoured and rewarded by the world as the greatest of human virtues and the most valuable to the republic nor does it hold a less position among the christian virtues where it is guided by faith exalted by hope animated by charity and regulated by humility christian fortitude is the highest gift of spiritual strength and the source of christian magnanimity it is not limited to man alone as the pagans limited this virtue but according to their respective conditions and duties is equally given to both sexes 
hence the church has had many great and glorious martyrs confessors and spiritual workers among her virgins wives and widows who have exhibited the greatest fortitude and magnanimity this has been especially the case among her devoted virgins whose vocation and consecration to their holy state imply the gift of fortitude implanted by the holy spirit in their weakness the fortitude of the natural man neither goes beyond his native powers nor ascends above natural motives although it is not without a providential assistance from god aristotle treats of it under the head of bravery and says that the brave man endures and performs those things that belong to courage for the sake of what is honourable and he thus explains himself he who bears himself bravely and fears what he ought from the right motive in the right manner and at the right time and feels confidence in like manner is brave cicero gives a wider scope to the virtue and defines it to be the undergoing of labours with considerateness and the enduring of sufferings with constancy elsewhere he describes it as a condition of soul that is patient in encountering perils as well as labours and sufferings apart from fear the greek assigns honour for its motive and the roman the benefits which it brings to man but christian fortitude has its foundation in the supernatural strength of divine grace and its motive is the honour and love of god and in the good we are able to accomplish st augustine defines it in general terms as the firmness of the soul amidst the troublesome things of time and more especially as the love of enduring all things in peace for god's sake and elsewhere he calls it an affection of the soul whereby we despise whatever inconveniences or injuries we may suffer that are placed beyond our power to remedy if we put st augustine's descriptions together we shall find them to correspond with st paul's exposition of christian fortitude who is he that shall separate us from the love of christ shall tribulation or distress or famine or nakedness or persecution or the sword as it is written for thy sake we are put to death all the day long we are accounted as sheep to the slaughter but in all things we overcome for the sake of him that loved us for i am certain that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor might nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord romans chapter eight verses thirty five through thirty nine in this inspired description of the brave and magnanimous christian we are taught that fortitude is the strength of charity that it derives its ardent force from adhering to god through christ that it is mighty above all created powers to repel the adversaries of the soul be they earthly or unearthly come they with fear or enticement 
and that this fortitude of charity overcomes every temptation trial and suffering by still adhering with constancy to god the world admires its own heroes who for honour interest or the excitement which it gives them undergo great labours do works that look large in the eyes of men encounter great perils with risk of life or endure extreme sufferings with constancy for some public cause and though these men are not unfrequently known to have their moral deficiencies and failings yet the world exalts them rewards them with honours and benefits and erects monuments to their memory the hope of these things is often their leading motive next to the pride that moves within them but the heroes and heroines of god although the world takes little note of them are far more wonderful armed with christian fortitude their hearts are set on god in whose strength they do great things and suffer great things and whilst wholly indifferent to the world's opinion are a spectacle to god and his angels their audience is in the invisible infinite and most glorious world of spirits they know that the power of god is perfected in their infirmity they have no confidence in themselves all their trust is in the divine help in their valiant combats they first conquer themselves that they may be in a position to surmount all outward dangers and difficulties they have no fears but the fear of god and no will but his will let but the will of god be known and however difficult the task may be to human nature no fear no obstacle will daunt their ardour in accomplishing his will they may hear many discouraging voices they may meet with many obstacles they may often find the way dark before them and have to wait for the light that shines from providential conditions but the light and strength from god within them will carry them bravely on and even though visible success should fail them invisible success will be surely gained for god often ordains that one shall sow in tears and another reap in joy the martyrs seem to fail in the world's eyes when amidst their sufferings they gave up their lives with their blood but whilst they were crowned in heaven the faith they loved to spread sprang up to numbers from their blood nay christ himself when to the eyes of the world he seemed to have utterly failed at that awful moment redeemed the world and saved mankind the way to god in his servants is the way of fortitude in humility and it is the sublimity of heroic faith to seem to fail when all is gained keeping in mind st augustine's definition of fortitude that it is the love of doing and enduring all things peacefully for god's sake let us hear his exposition of the virtue that love he says of which we speak and which should animate us with the flame of sanctity towards god is temperate in withholding the will from all the things of concupiscence and strong in rejecting them of all the burdens laid upon us in this life the heaviest is our own body 
and this is owing to the just law which god passed upon that old sin which is so widely known but so little understood the soul trembles and quakes with fear lest the body be vexed or tormented with pain or labour or be taken from us by death through the mere custom of always carrying the body we love the burden of it and find it hard to realize that if through the help of the law of divine love we govern the body wisely and well it will obtain its resurrection and salvation and its rights will suffer no injury but when the soul is turned to god with the fortitude of love these things become known and death is not only endured but welcomed with desire there remains the great conflict with pain and suffering yet nothing of this kind is of such iron hardness and obstinacy but the fire of love will master it when this fire bears up the soul towards god she soars up freely and wonderfully on strong and beautiful wings over every torment inflicted on the body until her chaste desire brings her to rest in the embrace of god can we ever allow that god would permit the lovers of money or of praise or of sensual pleasure to become stronger than his own lovers their affections are not love they deserve no other name than that of concupiscence or lust yet they show what a force the soul can put forth even in the heated and noxious pursuit of those poor objects but this is an argument for us for if the lovers of these things can endure so much whilst deserting god for the sake of them how much ought we to be ready to endure to save us from the unhappiness of deserting god elsewhere the great doctor concludes as we have such great need of the gift of fortitude we must implore it of him who commands us to be strong for unless he makes us strong we cannot be what he commands us to be we must therefore ask it of him who says he who perseveres to the end shall be saved lest we claim a fortitude of our own and so become weakened of all strength end of lecture four part one